0: Hear now the gospel of Jesus Christ according to Matthew. To what will I compare this generation? It is like a child sitting in the marketplaces calling out to others, we played the flute for you and you didn't dance. We sang a funeral song and you didn't mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking and they say, he has a demon. Yet the human one came eating and drinking and they say, look, a glutton and a drunk, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved to be right by her works. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have shown them to babies. Indeed, Father, this brings you happiness. My Father has handed all things over to me, No one knows the son except the father, and nobody knows the father except the son and anyone to whom the son wants to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Put on my yoke and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble, and you will find rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. To God. So one of the things that I learned in seminary that has really stuck with me is this. When you preach a sermon, preach so that it can be heard. Sounds a little bit obvious, but at the time, it was an epiphany for me. We were talking about what it meant to be prophetic. And in some people's estimation... They think that in order to be prophetic, that means you have to tackle the hard, controversial topics every single week while proclaiming in a big, booming voice the TRUTH, capital T, with absolutely no soft pedaling. I imagine lots of banging on a pulpit and pointing of fingers and arching eyebrows. The problem is with this approach is that quite likely, you're going to put the very people that you most hope to reach on the defensive. And then, they're not going to be able to hear your message. And if the people that you most want to communicate can't hear your message, then what's the point of being prophetic anyway? Preach so that you can be heard. Because the point is, really, to bring people along, right? to draw people in, to draw them closer and closer to God, that they might experience this amazing love and be so transformed that they would turn and follow Christ. So one thing that I found that's pretty helpful is to know your audience. The more that I know about the people to whom I will preach, the better able I am to preach a sermon that they can hear. I mean, if I understand what's going on in their lives, what they care about, where they are on their faith journey, if I understand what their needs are, the more I know about a person or a congregation's hopes and dreams, the more I know about their fears and what grieves them, I'm much more likely to reach them. And if a a person can hear the sermon, if I don't alienate them, if I manage not to put them on the defensive then the one who hears is so much more likely to respond in the intended way. So I've been working on getting to know y'all this past week so that I can preach sermons on topics that are meaningful and relevant to where you are right now in your lives and on your faith journey. Here's what I found out so far. I couldn't find an actual written history of Westlake United Methodist Church, but I did discover that y'all were planted back in 1973. And for the first four years that y'all met, you did not meet on this site. But after being in ministry for four years, you had your very first service here in this space on a 4th of July weekend. So every year on 4th of July weekend, y'all celebrate your anniversary. So last weekend was a celebration of your 44th year of gathering together to worship and serve God together. That's right. Congratulations. I also found out that there are some founding members of this congregation who are still active, and I really look forward to getting to talk to them and hear their experiences, all the stories from the beginning. Worship attendance. Over the past 12 months, worship attendance has been, on average, about 285 people each week. It's a number that, like many churches, was higher in years past. Also, like many other churches, your budget exceeds your giving. So in the past year, there have been efforts both to cut some of the spending from your budget and to raise more funds through a secondary stewardship campaign. Both of those efforts have had some success. So that gap has lessened. But in the next year and a half, there are plans to continue to lessen that gap by addressing some other places where there might be some cuts to the budget or other ways to raise income. Um, On a more positive note, Um, Personally, I've been very grateful to discover that y'all have an amazing staff. Your staff is incredible. They're very dedicated, highly educated, which is a little intimidating. They're very passionate about their work, and you also have extremely strong lay leadership. Both of these things are very good news to an incoming pastor. I also know that a few years back, y'all went through the Healthy Church Initiative and you have very intentionally worked on some specific ministries in an effort to um, grow stronger in those areas. In particular, in an effort to appeal more to families with kids, which is a pretty large demographic in your area, y'all have focused a lot of attention on your children's ministry. And even in just the past year, that ministry has grown significantly. You also offer a good number. Of Sunday school classes and small groups for all ages so that they can fellowship and learn and grow in their faith. I also know that you have very generous hearts and very busy hands and feet. As far as I can tell, there are absolutely no goats in this congregation, all sheep. I'm thinking of Matthew 25. Y'all definitely feed the hungry, y'all give drink to the thirsty. Y'all clothe the naked, you care for the sick, you visit those who are in prison, you care for the sick, and you welcome the immigrant through some very strong relationships with some partner ministries like Mobile Loaves and Fishes and Foundation for the Homeless and Women's Storybook Project, Habitat for Humanity, Justice for Our Neighbors, Kairos Prison Ministry, and I am super excited. I think this is falling off my ear. I am super excited to find out um, how deeply y'all care for each other and for people outside this community through Stephen Ministry and the many care ministry teams that y'all have here at Westlake. And that is not an exhaustive list of ministries. It doesn't even count the youth and adult mission trips, one of which we'll bless later in the service today. And I'll get more information about this. We'll talk about this more next week. But I have read all of the questionnaires that I've received so far. And I thought you would find it interesting to know, and I thought it would be relevant to, relevant to talk about today, that the number one answer to the question, what is your greatest hope for Westlake United Methodist Church? I bet you can guess what it is. It's growth. Also, very common among most churches. The United Methodist Church, for sure. We'll talk more about that the week after next. We want our church to grow. We want to make a difference in the lives of those who live in the mission field in which we are situated. We want, very much, to preach a sermon that the people in our community can hear, so that they Will respond to the message of Jesus Christ and turn and follow. And we would love it if they would do that together in this body of Christ. It's a desire that has eluded most of the mainline church in recent years. Mostly it seems like we're doing the exact opposite of that. We're losing members, we're declining. It's something that worries a lot of us. I don't know if it makes you feel any better or not, but Jesus, he was worried about church growth too. He very much wanted for people to hear the sermon that he preached. He very much wanted for them to respond to the good news that he proclaimed. And they weren't doing it. At least not in the numbers that he'd hoped for he was highly frustrated. Y'all don't get it. And I don't get why y'all don't get it, Jesus says. I mean, this whole generation just doesn't seem to know how to respond. And it doesn't matter who preaches or how they preach the message. Y'all have heard both John and me at this point. And we couldn't be more different. John, he is very serious, about his spiritual practices. He takes asceticism very seriously. He's constantly fasting. He doesn't eat rich food. He doesn't drink alcohol. He keeps to himself. Y'all accuse him of being demon-possessed. And then there's me. I love a good party. I'll even bring the wine. (laughs) I love to eat and drink. I love people. I love to be with people. Even some of those people that y'all'd rather avoid. And y'all dismiss me as a drunkard and a glutton. Someone who hangs out with sinners. Now that part you got right, but you know, you should be glad about that. What do we have to do to help you here? One of us plays a jig and you don't dance. The other one sings a funeral dirge and you don't mourn. I imagine Jesus just drops the mic and walks away. (laughs) Then he tweets, (laughs) SMH. I think I need bigger ears. What am I going to do with y'all, Jesus says. Well, I'll tell you what he doesn't do. Jesus does not give up. Because he knows that people are hurting. He knows we're afraid. He knows that we're hungry, some of us for food, many of us for purpose and meaning. So many people are burdened with the daily grind of surviving And then there's also the heavy load of religious law, rules, and regulations that we heap on one another. They're meant to keep us righteous, but they do very little to draw us closer to God. I wonder how we as a church, not just Westlake, but the church, how have we burdened one another with rules, with attachments? to what used to work or how things used to be. So even after throwing up his hands and shaking his head, Jesus, true to God's call, true to his purpose, true to the grace and love that he came to share ends by extending one of the most generous invitations we hear in Scripture to all who can hear and to all who are willing to admit they need him. He says, come to me, all, you who are struggling, you who are carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me because I am gentle and I'm humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Y'all, we can do this together. As best as I can tell... Westlake United Methodist Church has not given up either. Not by a long shot. I can tell. I can tell by your faithful response to the challenges that you face. I mean, this community of faith clearly wants to preach a sermon that the community can hear. I see it in your efforts through the Healthy Church Initiative to honestly assess your strengths and your weaknesses, to confront your financial challenges, to continue to cultivate and participate in vital ministries that really matter in the lives of people you reach out to, in your intentionality, when you welcome so warmly every single person I see come through that door. Y'all are pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) and you're faithful, and you're kind, and you're generous. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for the ears of all our hearts together to begin to open even more and more that we might hear more and more clearly and respond more fully to the sermon God preaches to each and every one of us through Jesus, through each other, through all the people we encounter in the community around us when we work, where we live, where we go to school. I can't wait that as we begin to respond together to that sermon, that we would also respond to this very welcome invitation that Jesus extends, so that we as a community of faith might yoke ourselves with him, and with each other, and learn from him, learn from his ministry, learn from his life how it is that we can better get to know our community, how we can better get to know what their needs are, and effectively preach to them. I like to remember what St. Francis of Assisi says. He said, "'Preach the gospel at all times. Use words when necessary.'" as we get to know the people in our mission field, as we get to know the people in our community even better, as we learn who they are, what it is they do, what's on their hearts, what their hopes and dreams are, what their fears are, it is my hope that with God's help and yoked together with Jesus, my prayer is that God would reveal how best we can live into the call that God places on us, how best we can live into the purpose and meaning that God draws us into so that we can meet the needs of all those we encounter. And they might also respond by turning and following, yoking themselves together with Christ and living with purpose and meaning. Amen.